Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Laz and Powers. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Hello, this is Scott Powers joined by Mark Lazarus. Mark, hello. Hello from uh, fabulous, I'm told, Las Vegas. Ooh, it's. Uh, I'm sure the weather like is much 70... better there than here. Every, I, you know, I just I just got to my hotel and my Uber driver was complaining about how freaking cold it is here. It's like 58 degrees. I'm ready to go <laughs> in the pool, and everyone's dressed for an Arctic expedition. So yeah, but it's about I think 70 degrees warmer than it is back home in Chicago right now. So uh, no complaints here. Yeah, this morning we I drove the kids to daycare. It's like two blocks away, but it was like negative 15. So I just <laughs> I got the car heated up and then. Uh, it just drove over there. So, yeah, it's been a uh, I don't know. I guess there's a lot going on in 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 our lives is at the athletic and also um, covering hockey and uh, we're we're owned by the New York Times now. So, um, I, it doesn't sound like anything's going to change for for our listeners, our readers, anything. So, uh, but one I think my mom's disappointed that it doesn't mean I'm not moving back to New York. I think she's I think she was like, oh, you moved back to New York. <laughs> no, that's not happening, Ma. Sorry. <laughs> She always wanted me to work Come. at the New York Times, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what my wife said, too. She's like, oh, you always wanted to work in the New York Times when you were younger. I'm like, ah, I'm not sure that's the same thing, but yeah. Um, so, so you were in Arizona last night. Uh, I, I guess as an objective observer, like it was, it seemed like an entertaining game, you know? Like there were, it was back and forth. There were, there were some fun goals. Obviously, two bad teams, but I, yeah, it seemed, seemed entertaining at least. 
Well, I mean, that's that's been what the NHL has looked like since we've come back from this pause. It, it, it's like October hockey all over again. Everyone's rusty. The de- team defense isn't there. Everyone's structure is a little wobbly. The goalies aren't that sharp. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's had 8-7 games. I think they had a 6-5 game. They had yesterday's was 6-4. I mean, this is what the NHL looks like. It's, it's great. Like Hockey's the one sport where the worse it's played, the more entertaining <laughs> it is. Because it's just like messy and sloppy and things are happening. And guys are batting pucks out of the air and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, and, and you know, I kind of wrote that in my piece last night. It's you know, if they had come back and won that game, you kind of laugh it off. Man, what a weird, wild game that was. And they came back. You know, they almost lost Arizona, but they didn't. But then they do, and it's just, oh my god, the sky is falling. Because I mean, Arizona. The I don't think people realize just how like if you're not paying attention, just how awful <laughs> that team is. They were six twenty two and something yeah. or other. They had never held. They had not held a two goal lead the entire season. And they won by two goals last night. I mean, they they are they are trying to lose. The players are working hard, but they are designed to lose. It's you know Rachel Phelps from Major League trying to lose. The ownership and the management they're going for you know the number one pick, and they're going for you know just tearing it down and starting over. And obviously, it's just a shit show in Arizona right now to begin with, with you know paying the rent and taxes yeah. and all that other stuff. But uh, to lose to that team, and I know it's hockey, and teams are going to lose to teams, and and but. To, for that to be your sixth straight loss and for it to come in that fashion where it's just – it's absolutely unacceptable. And the players realize – to their credit, they realize it because that's our first players-only meeting. I think – someone asked me this on Twitter today. The last one I can remember, maybe you can correct me, was in 2015. They had a, they had a matinee at home against Boston. They lost 6-2 to two, and it was it was worse than that sounds. And uh, they and Jonathan Taves closed the door and they had a closed-door meeting. And when we finally got in like 25, 30 minutes later, we walked into the room – Every single player was sitting at his stall, hands in his lap, ordered to do that by Jonathan. He basically said, every one of you has to be accountable for this game. And, you know, we don't have locker room access. It's not quite like that anymore. But I'm sure the message was the same. It was about accountability, about, you know, you know, where is the effort? Why do you keep having shifts off? Why do you keep lapsing for full periods at a time? Because even, you know, the game before they had against Colorado, a terrific second and third period. And they got a point out of it. But why wasn't that there in the first? Why is this team never ready to start? Why does this team take entire shifts off and periods off? What is happening here? It's a it's the second time this year that they're in complete crisis mode on the ice. Yeah, I feel like there was a players only meeting earlier this season, wasn't there? Like I remember Dehan talking about it, or like there was something that was similar to it. Like there was, I mean, there's, I mean they've hit this crisis mode a few times this season already, you know. Like, <laughs> but I, I swear there was something. I can't remember if it was under Colleton still. Like, I mean. It obviously got pretty bad. There would go one night and two. So oh, yeah, yeah it, either way, it's like it's yeah, like everything had been so rosy under Derek King and 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 I. But I also and and when we get to the questions, there are a lot of questions about the future of the Blackhawks and trades and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. It just it feels like this is what this team is. You know, like it's 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 probably not as bad as it was under Colleton, but it's it's obviously um, you know probably isn't as great as it was under King initially either. Like it's it's not. It's not a good team, and that's that's an issue because there isn't a whole lot coming, and 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 Kyle Davidson or whomever they hire has to has to figure all this out like soon, you know, like it's it, the trade deadline is going to be approaching, and then yeah, like you don't have that first round pick, and um, like I, I'm I just I don't know how much you can stare that like they want to win some games and start winning again, and obviously get out of this losing streak, but it it. You know, like you wrote about in the story today, too, about the playoffs and and how that's becoming, you know, less realistic by the day. Like, I just I I feel like, you know, like there's the Colleton era and then there was King, you know, getting the new coach bump. And 
And now they kind of have to face reality a little bit. Like it's not going to, it's probably not going to turn around, you know, like there's a lot of games left and, and that, that could be good and bad, you know, like that, this, this could be a long road to the end of the season. If, uh, um, you know, like I, I just, they're, they're not the worst team. They're not as bad as Arizona. I don't think, but they certainly aren't as good as Colorado either. So, um, I, I don't, but the, the thing you know, they're, they're taking their time here too, right? Like, like Montreal went out and immediately got a new, they got Jeff Gordon in there and Vancouver immediately got Bruce Boudreau and Jim Rutherford, the Blackhawks. They're content to they, – they've, they've – I mean, let's face it. They've punted yeah. on this season. If they go on a miracle run and make the playoffs, that's great. But that's really not the point anymore. It's all about Kyle Davidson being in evaluation mode. But we don't even know if Kyle Davidson will be here beyond this year. But we don't know who the coach is going to be. We don't know who the GM is going to be. We don't know who the president's going to be. This year is a complete wash right now. This year, was, which is supposed to be their return to relevance, is a complete wash. And we're starting all over yet again. I mean, we're four years into the wilderness, like I wrote, and it seems they're at least three or four years from getting out of it. I mean, this is going to be an unbelievably bad stretch for the Blackhawks when all is said and done. When, if and when they come out of it, you're going to look back and go, oh my God, we just wasted Patrick Kane's entire prime. Yeah. In, in a way that, you know, like the Blackhawks got, got off easy and that Stan Bowman had to step away because of the Kyle Beach stuff because they would have had to fire him basically at this point, you know, like, like, like Carlton had to be fired when he did. It was just got to the point and it's, 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 it's apparent that, you know, and, and certainly we, we, I, I, you know, coming in the season, we thought this team was better than it was. And uh, the reality is it isn't, you know, like it's just, it's not, it's not going to get better under this, you know, like the, what, the- well, that's the weird thing. I, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, like, like I looked back, I was looking back at stories and we did our annual, what the scouts are saying piece. And the headline was a quote from one of the scouts. I don't see a no. whole lot of issues. Like, like we all thought this team was good. Like, and, and even still, like every time I go into a new city and I talk to the writers there, they're always like, what is going on? Like th- this looks like it should be a decent team. And when you look at it on a paper, yeah, you got a Vesna winner in net. You got, Kane and to bring it up front, you got Taves playing pretty well lately. You've got Seth Jones at the top. You got Connor Murphy and Calvin DeHaan. It, it's just for some reason, it's just been a complete disaster, and it's just not working at all. And part of it's like the, I, I think early in the season, like you're just everyone's out a lot more optimistic. Like there were a lot of ifs, you know. Like the fact that Taves came out and didn't score for 25 games, that's you know, like that affected them. Kirby Doc hasn't taken that next step. Kuba League's been inconsistent. Um, you know, Borgstrom hasn't been, a, you know, really, really relevant. Um, uh, Jake McCabe's, you know, he struggled really hard, you know, and, and that and that Connor Murphy yeah. struggled because of that. And, you know, Fleury struggled early on, too. Like, there were all these ifs, like, uh, you know, a lot of some of those players have turned it around and, and the Brinkett's probably been better than we expected. But for Kane to have seven goals after 30 plus games, like there are different factors here. Like some guys have probably, you know, I think Hagel's exceeded expectations, but there have been too many guys that have, you know, haven't met them. And, and I think that's part of it, too, where like we we assume so much of we thought McCabe would look like he did in Buffalo. And we thought Kubalik was a 30 goal scorer again. And we thought Taves you know, wouldn't it be the same Taves, but we didn't expect him to go 25 games without a goal. So, like, it feels like some of that. And, and, and you know, Kirby Doc is a big thing, too. I know he played better last night, but we thought in year three and then, you know, a year off of his, his wrist injury that he'd be further ahead. And right now they don't they don't really have a lot of, you know, top six centers. And, you know, there's, you know, Borgstrom and, like, there's a lot of guys that we thought, oh, you know, that'll work out. And, you know, he's more of a role player, but... You know, he's going to give you 10, 15 goals. And it just, it, it offensively, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. And um, yeah, a lot of that's unexpected. You know, defensively, probably better than we thought, but offensively, they've struggled so much. Yeah, they're dead last in the league in in, in five-on-five offense. They're the, the least efficient goal-scoring team at even strength in the league. And 
you know, for dec for a decade plus, it's always been we don't worry about scoring yeah. goals. We're just going to worry about the defense, and you got to worry about everything now. Everything, you know, it's just even Flurry. Flurry's been really good since the coaching change, but he gave up like five goals on twenty some odd shots yesterday. Like it's just bad right now. Everything is bad, and it's it's weird too because like there are things to cling to. Jonathan Taves has looked terrific his last yeah, few definitely. games. Like he's. You know, he's come back right out of this break and he's feeling good and you can tell he's playing good. He's he's playing hard. He's he's got that he's got the mojo working and that's a great sign. And you know, you look at you try to find these things to look at and then but it's just it's little things to cling to. It's there's there's no real hope here and it's hard. You know, you, you try not to be this like doomsaying prophet all the time as a writer, but what what do you have for hope here? I asked Connor Murphy directly yesterday, you know, do you guys have hope? And he's like, of course, absolutely. You got to have hope. And, you know, and I believe that they believe that. Like, you have to believe that as a professional yeah. athlete that you can turn things around and win and you know what you're capable of. But as, as, as an outsider looking in, it's hard to really see any hope that anything's going to get better anytime soon. I'm not talking like week to week. I'm talking year to year here. Like, the summer of 2023, when all these contracts come off the books and they can start reshaping things – that's even though you have that coming, it's still going to be a couple of years before you can fully take advantage of that and, and reshape your roster and have it develop into something. We are still years out from any potential return to relevance. But the biggest challenge is you don't want to spend all of your money on UFAs, you know, like you, you want to have right. guys build within. You want Alex to bring kids scenarios where you're paying them eventually, but you want them to have years as, you know, as entry level contracts or bridge deals. And then then they get their bug bucks. Right. And, that you know they have all that. that. That's how they won their three Stanley Cups. Remember, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays were still on their bridge deals when they won their three yeah. Cup. Like it's it's yeah. Like you just you need you need players built within you know like you um and and a few years ago they had some of that they had Strom and they had uh, Kubalik and you had Doc and you had all these guys that you thought well this is the next next generation of those players and um and, and DeBrink gets panned out but after this season I don't know if Strom's going to be around I don't know if. Um, you know, Kuba League's going to be around. You know, they just traded Alex Nylander, who's considered to be that, you know, top six piece of the future, too, and now he's gone. And, um, yeah, like, they're just, you know, there's Reichel, and then there's uh, there's other NHL players in the pipeline, but they're not, yeah, they're just not that that tier, you know? Like, they're not that elite players. And, um, you know, as Canaan tapes continue to get older, like, you need those other guys to emerge, and there's, there's probably not enough of them. And so that's that's the biggest concern where, like, this is another rebuilding season, and, you're going to have nothing to show for because you're not going to have that draft pick. And that's that just costly for the future. If there's a bright side here, and I don't know if there really is, but, um, you know, talking to people in the front office, talking to guys on the team uh, that staff the team, there is an understanding of where they're at now. There was there were some blinders in under Bowman. There was some delusion maybe under Bowman that this was a team that could be fixed on the fly. Nobody in the, the current administration has any delusions of that. Like it's, they know exactly, like, oh, my God, we have no forwards yeah. in the system. Any defensive prospects we have coming are a couple of years away, and they're, you know, it, it, it's going to take some time and some development, and that's not never been this team's forte. Marc-Andre Fleury is probably not coming back next year. So, you know, your goaltending is, you know, who's going to be the bridge to, to Camesso? Is Kevin Lankin in the guy? Is Camesso going to pan out? Like, they are fully aware of how bad things are right now. And that's why, they, you know, that's their excuse for, not the excuse, that's their reason, their rationale for taking their time right now because they know how bad things are and they want to make sure that they have the proper system in place to get out of this. But that does prolong the process even further. Like It's just, it's going to take so long. 
And in the meantime, it's just it's gonna be bad. It's just not gonna be a good situation. And they, I know that. I mean, Danny Wirtz is taking his time. Like he wants to hire the right person in a lot of different capacities. Um, but yeah, there's there's a ticking clock on all this because you need to hire that person, that person to decide. Um, yeah, to kind of evaluate it. And if it's not Kyle Davidson, you know, I, I assume I, I would assume Kyle Davidson is gonna stick around in some in some capacity. But like, yeah. there's a bunch of dominoes need to fall, and and um, it's becoming time where. It, like, yeah, you need you need to make some decisions here sooner than later. Yeah, and, and none of them are going to be easy. I mean, we're talking about, you know, we're, we're going to get to some uh, listener questions, and they're all like, tear it down, tear it down, tear it down. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but there's not much to tear down. That's the yeah. problem here. There's not a there's not an easy fix. It's not just like, it's not just blow it up. It, it's not that simple. Um, and, and boy, I don't know, like, like you said, free agency is usually not the way to go. You saw how much they had to pay for Seth Jones, and that was – not really UFA even. I mean, that was a year out from it. Uh, it's a bad way to build. You want to you want to build from within, and right now they have nobody to build from within and from. They've got nobody. And I guess that's and I, I saw there's and I will go to the questions, but one of the questions is about what a rebuild looks like. And part of it's like you don't you don't trade off all your pieces and rebuild. That's just not how it works in hockey. At least like no. you already you've already committed to Seth Jones. You know, like that's that's part of your long term piece. Um, you know, you've committed to Alex, and he's been really good. Probably, like yeah, no, for sure, yeah. Like Seth, Seth Jones and Alex DeBrinket are legitimate pieces. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Um, yeah, it just it's yeah. There's not. It's it's hard to do, and especially when like you're, you're gonna have twenty million dollars wrapped up in Jones and DeBrinket, you know, and like then it's figuring out yeah. the pieces around them. And so, looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, we'll jump into the questions here. Uh, this is from uh, Hagels and Bagels. Uh, this season has obviously had a lot of <laughs> line juggling due to COVID protocol, injuries, lack of scoring, etc. Curious to know what lines each of you would roll out if given the chance. You know, I, I would. I, I know that Kirby Doc is like the current subject of everyone's ire. I get it. Everyone freaks out about his face-offs, which are not good. They worry about, you know, people are giving him shit for the Kale McCarr goal. I, I'm not sure Nicholas Lidstrom stops Kale McCarr on that play. No. But I would go to bring it Doc Kane. I would load up and I would... You know, you're not winning this season. Give Kirby Doc as long a leash as possible. He's 20 years, 20, just turned 21. He's still the hope for the future. You can't write him off yet. Certainly shouldn't write him off yet. He's been pretty solid. He hasn't yeah. been great, but he's been fine. You give him an extended run. You, stop, you don't keep changing the lines. What the hell is Henrik Borgstrom doing as your number one center? What is that? Henrik Borgstrom's just a guy. He's fine. He's a guy. Well, how is that benefiting anyone? Just leave Doc with Tabrinkit and Kane. Let them figure it out for the rest of the season. Let them have their ups and downs and see if that builds Doc's confidence. You keep Hagel and Kubalik with Taves, and then you just, you know, throw the 
352 bottom six guys you have in the, on the roster in the in, in, in a blender and see what comes up. I, I'm curious after the, the, the Rockford's got some games coming up here, whether, you know, like it, Derek King seemed to indicate that they want to bring up Lucas Reichel. Like it's, um, and I, and I think you, you bring him up and if you want him to be a center, then, um, you know, you give him some good line mates too. So I, I, I think, I, I think if the season becomes, yeah, like if you kind of just looking at the season as it is and you know, what's, what's best for the future. And it's, it's going to be giving Doc and Reichel as much ice time as possible. And, and kind of going back to the model of last season a little bit where it's, uh, you know, winning is not necessarily the, uh, the focus. So, uh, this is from Michael McGuire. Who on the who on this team is untouchable trade wise? I suspect suspect the list begins and ends with DeBrinket. No, it begins and ends with Seth Jones. They didn't do all that to trade him right away. He's he is more like like look, DeBrinket's not going anywhere, but Seth Jones is more untouchable than even Alex DeBrinket is at this point. I, I would I put him in the same like yeah. I mean they're both pretty important, you know. Like they're, yeah. they're, yeah. Um, it, I'm just saying it, it, it's it's easy if you're spooked by you know. The, the potential of Debrinka getting $10, 11000000 million, whatever it might be, that 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 comes into play. But whereas Seth Jones, you're, you're committed at this point. I'm not sure that, 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 that it's even feasible to, to move him if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, outside of that, like, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I think not untouchable, but there's certain guys that you still think can be part of it. Like, Hagel... You know, like I think Hagel's part of this team. You know, I think I think some of the defensemen. Um, you know, I think they're committed to McCabe and Murphy, and um, I don't know if DeHaan's here next year. I think they'll probably probably try to bring in another veteran defenseman. Like the, um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I there's a handful of guys that you know I think that are here, but yeah, there's not a there's not a lot. Like they, at some point, they're gonna start flipping players for assets, and you know, start looking at what they can bring back and. Um, like even that Nylander trade, like it's, they're bringing in a guy they're going to look at, see if he's going to fit for them in the bottom six in the coming years. You know, like it's, I, I think they're very much in evaluation mode in some ways too. They have so, like, the, the bottom six thing is just, it's, it's mind numbing to me how many guys they have right now. And I, and I asked Derek King about this yesterday, but after the morning skates, like, okay, so you bring in Sam Lafferty, who's basically the same player as Curtis Gabriel, who's basically the same player as Jujar Kara. You've already got Ryan Carpenter. You've got Reese Johnson. You've got all these guys that are you know, grinder types. Some are more physical than others. Some like to fight more than others. Yeah. But in the, uh, Lafferty, he's got some offense you can mind. He's it's still there. Kara, Kara, he's got some offense that could be there. Like, how many of these guys do you need? Like, these are the guys Derek King likes. I get it. He likes those kind of, like, full effort guys. And, and, but I, I, I just I don't know how many guys like that you can have at some point, you need people who can score goals. Yeah, they need. Yeah, those are a lot. <laughs> those are a lot of harder to obtain. Um, from Travel Lex, uh, with the prospect pipeline looking weak slash depleted, what do you think the approach should be at the next trade deadline? Well, I, th- that's that's the big question, right? Is what can the Blackhawks do? Obviously, their biggest trade chip is Mark Andre Fleury, because you know the sense I get is they haven't really even thought about the idea of keeping him next year. Uh, but it's tricky because, A, it's really difficult to trade a goalie at the trade deadline because the teams that are buyers usually have a goalie. You go back to the Robin Leonard situation a couple of years ago, you know, Vegas only gave up a second rounder for him because they had Flurry. They were looking for insurance. And, and, and potential like, long-term goalie, yeah. too, and I don't think that's Flurry for, uh, for a team, right. you know? Right, and, and then you have the fact that Flurry has, uh, has some no-trade protection. So, yeah, Edmonton could use a goalie right now. They're in free fall, and they're trying to salvage, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl's primes, but... Does Marc Andre Fleury want to go to Edmonton? We don't yeah. know that. You know, he has he has some say in the matter. Uh, it, it, it's just, and it's also teams are reluctant to trade for goalies because it takes goalies usually some time to adapt 
to a new team, a new system. It's easier. You know, forwards are kind of plug and play. Defensemen take a few games. Goalies, it can take weeks or months. I mean, you look at look at Flurry at the start of this season. Like, oh my God, I'm playing behind this defense now. This is different. And uh, it's a lot different than playing behind Vegas. So teams are reluctant to give up. You're not going to get a first-round pick for Marc-Andre Fleury, probably. Even if he has a 940 the rest of the way through the end of February, you're probably not going to get a high first-round pick for him. It's just not the way it works in the NHL. And beyond that, you don't really have some real sexy trade options to, to bring in, that to, to recoup that first-round pick that they've lost in the Seth Jones yeah. trade. You know what's interesting? We're talking so early about the like the trade deadline this year is is so far pushed back because of the Olympics too. You know, like it was all oh, right, and, right. And even now, like we're I mean, well, the Blackhawks have played what thirty four games. Like it's not even halfway through the season. Like it's and we're already talking about the draft and oh, yeah, God. like it just it's <laughs> like, like, like I don't like, there, like Edmonton might be the one team that's like you know how do we salvage this? But a lot of teams aren't looking this far yet unless you're looking. Yeah, you know, like I, I think the, yeah, yeah. I was I, oh, go ahead. My, my impression, I, I was talking to someone in the front office uh, at a couple of teams. They both said the same thing, that there is no trade chatter right now in the NHL. Every team is so overwhelmed by scheduling issues and COVID issues that there is just no interest in even talking about trades right now. It's just a completely dead market. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Like, it, I, I feel like it'll pick up here in the next month, but it, it's it's so, it's so early for a lot of this stuff. Like, like the Blackhawks' fate is feeling determined, but I don't, I don't know if there's any time soon that Kyle Davidson is, is making a move or is even able to. Um, question from Miroslav, uh, when will the Hawks hire a head of hockey ops? And if they do, will that person have the ability to decide on a GM or is Davidson going to be the next Hawks GM? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, there, there's so much. There's so much uncertainty. You know, like we, uh, you know, we we know a little bit about you know them hiring a consultant and they're doing their research. And um, you know, we haven't talked to Danny Wirtz or you know anyone involved. Like we've, uh, I think, uh, I think Kyle Davidson's talked to us once uh, on the record. You know, in, uh, in as a media group. You know, when when they fired Colleton. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The, yeah, I think he did. He did. He did a rights holder podcast or something like that. But yeah, he hasn't spoken on the record with. So uh, yeah, with there, any there's just since his press conference. Yeah, there's there's just so many unknowns. So it, it's um like I, I I mean from everything that we know, like it sounds like the Blackhawks are taking a very patient approach with this and trying to be uh, find the right person and 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 do a lot of due diligence on this. It's just it's um, yeah. Again, going back to what we said before, like there there's a clock with all those things. Like it just it's it, it's the first domino and then. Um, and then, you know, like evaluating the team and, and, and certainly there's some major decisions ahead. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, I said it before too, I, I would be surprised if Davidson wasn't, you know, uh, a GM or, or he'll be, he'll be a part yeah, of it. He'll sure. be a part like, of it. You wouldn't, yeah, they, you they wouldn't like be making these trades that, you know, to be doing that type of thing. Let's have a happy question. Aaron Hempel asks, is the Strom to Brinkett goal from last night going to get the hype of the Zegris Milano goal now? Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> At all, because the Z- the Zegers Milano one that's that was like it's a next planned level, thing. Yeah. Like it, it was like they thought about it and did it. Like they saw each other. Like okay, this is going to happen. The Strom to Brinkett goal might have been more impressive. It was extraordinary, but it was all instinct. It was just like it. This the puck bounced off the end boards and Strom just bunts it out of the air. It banks off the goalie's mask. Short hops to Debrinkit, who takes a golf swing, hits it off the bounce, and just roofs the one timer. I mean, it was. It was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Yeah. But what separated the Zegras Milano one was the fact that it was premeditated. Like it, it was like I got the puck behind the net. This is what I'm going to do. Stroman to Brinkett have that you know wonder twin telekinesis going on where they can just you know find themselves doing these things, and that's why they've always been good together. But that was just that was instinct and skill. Whereas Zegras Milano, that was 
creativity and flair. So that was a either way. I'm sure John Tortorella hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they, both of them. The fact that you pick one up off the ice too, like there's different challenges to like the both of them, like the to getting that you know like down. Like they there's got certainly some luck involved in this drone to bring it. Oh, for let's sure. not yeah, let's yeah. not kid ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It was cool though. It was, it, it was crazy. The whole game was like that. You had Kirby Doc had a baseball swing goal. You had that one. I mean, the you had just crazy. Exciting things happening all over the ice. It's it's a shame you lose to a six win team, but it was fun all the same. Uh, Brian Brian Sandalow, uh, who covers uh, the Fire and Blackhawks a bit for the Sun Times, he wants to know how I feel about Sean Johnson, who used to be a Fire goalkeeper. Wasn't she uh, an Olympic gymnast? Uh, Sean Johnson. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I always thought Sean Johnson was a little bit overrated. So um, Sean Johnson's gone on to have a pretty good career beyond the Fire, but I. I still think he's a bit overrated. So. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off topic here. Okay. I want to ask you about soccer. As much I, as off topic, it's the fire. <laughs> every, everyone tells me Premier League soccer is like so huge in the states, and I saw the ratings for like their most recent game on USA, which is what you know NBC Sports doesn't exist yeah. anymore. It's, they, they moved it to USA, and it got like 1.0 something million viewers. And the Winter Classic, which was stupidly programmed at night against a lot of things, including bowl games and stuff like that. On TNT, which didn't promote it at all and had no pregame show to speak of, really, and you know, it was barely pretending it is. It had like one, one and a half million viewers, which is bad for a winter classic compared to a mid afternoon game on NBC back in the day, but was the most watched hockey game on cable ever or something like that. I, is that usual? Are those ratings typical for the Premier League? Do hockey, does hockey still outdraw Premier League? I thought, I thought the Premier League had passed hockey. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the ratings. I, I'm not, yeah. Come on, you're my soccer guy. Answer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, soccer's, I mean, they, they, Premier League is sold. I mean, the, the rights of Premier League are worth a lot more than hockey. So I, 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 assume, I assume that's part of it here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's, I don't follow the ratings. So I, I don't. Do you, do you think they should have postponed the Winter Classic because it was too cold to play? Too cold? No, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I question if all these big events should be going on anyways for for other reasons. So <laughs> yeah, the cold, the cold factor doesn't. There was no way the NHL was postponing <laughs> that Winter Classic. They, the the entire league could have died of COVID and they would still yeah, play Minnesota. In how this, the, the Iowa Wild. What out these there. teams are going to look like after the uh, the Vegas uh, All Star Game? You know, like it's uh, how they come out of this. It'll be uh, well. I mean, they have so many games to schedule in such a short like that Olympic break cannot accommodate all these postponements. It's going to be just chaos. Yeah, no, it's it's a it'll be a full crazy month there. Um, the, the, well, this is from B Double. Um, one of his questions is what 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 is a guy like Kubalik gonna fetch? What do you what do you think he brings back? You know, I, I, a second, third rounder maybe. I, you're not gonna get a first rounder from me. I, I know I, people always go back to well, of Ryan Hartman, who's now apparently the greatest hockey player that ever lived, but back then was just a kind of a mid mid level guy. He got you a first rounder. It was it was like the number thirtieth. It was pretty late in the, in the in the in the draft, but it was a first round pick. Then then certainly Dominic Kubalik, a thirty goal scorer in this league, can get you more than that. But uh, Kubalik's not having a great year. He's pretty one dimensional. He's just a guy with a great shot. He doesn't bring a whole lot else to the table. Uh, and the fact that the Hawks are entertaining the idea of trading him gives you an idea that you know they don't think that he's necessarily a big part of the future. He's a he's a really good goal scorer. You need guys like that. But I don't – it's so hard. Like like you said, we're so far out from the trade deadline that we don't know what the market's going to look like. We don't know what other forwards, what other sniper types are going to be out there. If if there's nobody else out there that can score a goal, then that drives up the demand for a dominant Kubalik and maybe you get more out of it. But, you know, in a typical year, a guy like Kubalik, maybe a second, probably a third, you're not going to get – 
you're not going to break the bank for it. I, I, part of it too is like if, if you're trading for Kubelik, you're probably thinking a little bit about the future. You know, like you, uh, he's due. I think it's like four million or something on the. Uh, the qualifying offer and, and and he's coming up as an rfa and he certainly has you know his arbitration rights and he, he could be worth something because he's scored some goals so I, I think those are all factors too like if um because a team may be just thinking of kubelik as a rental like they may want to walk away from yeah. him in, in free agency too so like that all comes into play too so um Mar- marie manning wants to know if we ever plan ahead <laughs> <laughs> I met Marie at the uh, Capitals game the other uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, we do our plans often go astray. We have we have stuff that we're like, oh, we'll, we'll work on this next week, and then four months later, oh, you know, I never wrote that story. Uh, the, the story I wrote this week about you know players who uh, who've won the Stanley Cup and uh, and and then are like losing and losing, like Taves and Kane and Drew Doughty and some of these guys. I mean, I was planning on writing that early in the season, and then the bottom fell out on the Blackhawks and the you know. Jeremy Carlton was fired, and then the, the the report came out, and there was just there was just no time to write a story like that. So, I, I think Scott and I and every 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 writer has ideas that they want to work on and that they're working on throughout. But you know, I had a column written last night for just because I assumed it was just a run of the mill Coyotes Blackhawks game, and it got bad enough that I scrapped it and wrote something else. So yeah, we plan ahead all the time, but that doesn't mean you see what. <laughs> I, we're I think she's. I think she was referring to us just like, oh, have any questions? Because we're recording right now. <laughs> Oh, the podcast? No, we do not plan the podcast at all. Not at no. all. We just we're just making this up as we go. Sorry, we're very professional. Um, you're in Vegas for a few days here, so enjoy enjoy I the am. warmth and hopefully some success on the degrees. tables. It's freezing out here. Freezing. <laughs> uh, bring us back some money. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll, I'm going to bring back $550 million and buy The Athletic from The New York Times. Okay. All right. Well, keep, <laughs> keep me aboard if you do. <laughs> um, we got uh, yeah, we got Vegas and then Columbus, and I'll be in Columbus. And um, that'll be interesting with the Seth Jones and Boquist angle. And certainly more. We, we do have some stories that we've been working on. We're excited to share them throughout this year. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be. Are you, are you and Brian Hedger going to record a bonus Ooh, podcast? That's a good idea. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to or what. Or Hed- I mean, Hedger may not be allowed to. <laughs> what, are, what are the rules on that? He works at the Columbus Dispatch now. I don't know what the rules are there. <laughs> it's always a good time with Hedge, though. Um, and we'll be back. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with the podcast again next week and throughout this year. So for Mark Lazarus. And we're sorry for the inconsistent nature of the, the, the schedule yeah. of the podcast here. But the, 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 the schedule for the Hawks has been so weird. And I was off and was was down. With, yeah, I had COVID for a little while. And. It's just uh, it, 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 we kind of try to slot it in where it makes sense when the news is breaking. There's and no games, so and stuff hope you can bear and, with yeah, us there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we don't we don't want to we don't want to come out with a podcast at three p.m. on a game day. Then it's you know outdated yeah. by three hours yeah. later. So. so yeah, normally we're gonna try to record early in the weeks if possible, and, and then occasionally we'll have one like this on a Friday. So uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus and Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try